Welcome back to the Rectify Setting the Record Straight. I am your host, Kiana Sanchez, aka Keo, and this is episode 41. The title of this episode is called The Renewed Mind and Accountability. I want to talk about these things because we as believers, we have to truly come out of this place where we're we're just so biased towards the word of God. Now we know that scripture says in 2 Timothy that all scripture is God breathed and that it's an inspiration from the Holy Spirit and that it's to correct us, to reprove us, and to reproach us. And the word of God is meant to bring the soul and body of a person in alignment with the spirit of God in the born again believer. And a lot of people have this misconception. They have so many different ideas and things in mind that does not come from God, sadly. And they have false discernment that comes from, you know, demons and worldly understanding that has convinced them that there is no way for them to entirely submit themselves to God. But I want to talk about the renewed mind and accountability in this episode for a reason, because these two, they go they go hand in hand in order to help a person to have a unified relationship with God. And this is something that really needs to be discussed more in the church, because for some reason we have thought we have you know, made it as if our emotions and our will and things like that aren't important. And I want to talk about the importance of it. So let's get into today's episode. All right, jumping freshly into this episode, I want to talk about the renewed mind because we as believers, we have sadly gotten to this point, like I've mentioned in my last uh, recent podcast, we've gotten to this point where we're just simply set on merely being saved and not being transformed entirely into the nature of who God is and who Christ is. We are to be made in the image of Christ. So Christ is the image of God, the likeness in which we have to take and put on, just like scripture tells us, put on Christ. (laughs) So we have to get to this point where we're no longer living in our natural slash carnal nature. We have to get into this place where we are fully living in the stature of Christ. And that's what a renewed mind is. A renewed mind is a mind that no longer lives from a carnal point, which we know that the carnal mind is enmity against God and that it can't be subject to the law of God. And that's what Christ wants us to come out of. He wants us to have a renewed, transformed mind, which is the mind of Christ. And this is the mind that comes from the spirit of God that lives in the born again believer. And one thing (laughs) we fail to do after being saved and baptized in um, in the Holy Spirit, we fail to submit our will, our emotions, and our thoughts to the Holy Spirit. Because like the word of God tells us, if we submit ourselves to God, we'll be able to resist the enemy and he'll flee. But we can't flee from the enemy in any other way or, you know, in any other way apart from the will of God. We have to be aligned with the nature and the person of God. And this was something that I've been studying on because... We neglect our thinking. We still have a mindset 
that is very much indeed carnal where we and we can be honest with ourselves this is where accountability comes in we still have a mindset where we're still having bitterness towards people envy jealousy lust all these different things and until we've become completely honest with ourselves and with what we are doing and where we are and how we need to come out of that place we're going to continuously revert back to the way that we were before we were saved because if you realize when you were forced that's a force when you were first born again and you came to know Christ and you felt that freedom and you you received deliverance from whatever it was that you were dealing with and you just got into that place where you're like I'm wholeheartedly seeking after God you feel so good you feel so free because like the word of God tells us where the spirit of the Lord is there's freedom and you have this freedom to pursue God without any hindrances but at some point in time that fire begins to die down because we slowly begin to revert back we slowly begin to backslide and find ourselves in a position where we're like no longer motivated and we have to keep ourselves motivated in the things of God and how do we do that is through discipline is by taking accountability and realizing that okay I have to apply this word to my life in order for it to be effective continuously we can't just have you know these bursts of excitement and things like that in God for a moment and then we just run with that little piece of it and walk away and forget who we are a month later or two months later because we do that we get complacent we get into a place where we just be like oh I'm right with God I'm saved I'm happy but then we find ourselves slowly missing the things of the world that we used to do and that's what we have to try that's why we have to try and filter these things out like it says in Philippians 4 and 8 to think on these things and whatever we set our mind on, we become like a, like it says in Proverbs, as a man thinks, so is he. And that's why he tells us also in Proverbs to guard our hearts because the issue of life flows from it. We have to get our hearts purified and cleansed and aligned to the will of God. Because just like it says in um, 1 Peter's chapter 1, I say the scripture a lot. But first Peter chapter one, verse uh, 22, he says, you've purified your souls through obedience to God's word and through fervent love. And we know that love is the bond of perfection. And that's why we have to make sure our mind and our way of thinking is founded in love. There's many scriptures telling us that this is the better way. Just like Paul said in first uh, Corinthians chapter 12, the last verse, he said, he said, I, I, I pray that you desire all spiritual gifts. He said, but this is a better way because many people are striving to have the gifts of God and they just want to look good and have this, you know, and, and sadly, a lot of people don't realize it, but they just want to have praises of men and they just want to have people coming to them and saying, oh, can you do this and that for me? And the point is not to do that. Our point is not merely to, have the gifts of God, but that we be so agreed with the spirit, just like Jesus was when he went into the wilderness, he went into the wilderness with the Holy Spirit. But when he came out, he was filled. He was full 
of the spirit. And if you read in Acts, uh, I believe it's chapter six or seven, where it talks about Stephen, it said he was a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to be full of faith and the Holy Spirit, where we're no longer consumed and full of ourselves, but we're full of Christ. And when we're so full of Christ, all that comes out of us is truth. All that comes out of us and springs from us is love, light, and, you know, the knowledge and understanding of God. And that's what God wants us to do. That's why we need a renewed mind. So starting with that scripture that we are all familiar with in Romans chapter 12, I'm going to point this out. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. He said, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. He didn't say your spirit or anything else. He said your bodies. And before anybody misunderstand um, what I'm saying, he he wants us to align our body and our soul with the spirit of God. That's why we have to present our bodies. And then he also mentions in chapter two to be transformed into mind. But he says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your your um spiritual worship, which is your reasonable service. And. The thing is, people think that holiness is simply looking a certain part. And that's the biggest bias that people have towards the word of God. Holiness has everything to do with the heart. Holiness has everything to do with being complete, being single-minded. Because remember, the word of God tells us that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So why, as believers, do we have or feel like we should have a double mindedness and, and people don't realize this. They, they call this their personality or having their own personality. They, they think that this is something that's okay, but we have to be honest with ourselves. If our personality doesn't reflect the personality of God, is it really necessary to have that personality? <laughs> because, you know, it's easy for us to try and make God, uh, not make God, but make ourselves seem so unique in God. And yes, we can all be unique, but at the same time, this uniqueness shouldn't be in a, a way where we're separated from God in our thinking and in our actions. Because as believers, we have to stop with this mentality that, oh, you know, I, I'm saved, but I'll still fight you and this and that. Like, yeah, it's funny. And we joke about these things, but at the same time, we have to be honest with ourselves. Like if God tells us to turn the other cheek and he tells us not to do what other people do to us, why do we try to make exceptions in small ways or try to get our personalities and the way that we act to be small exceptions to do these things and think that God is just okay with it? Because I myself have to reflect on my own actions and thinking and stuff like that because it's not okay. But he, he goes on to say in verse two, he said, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by the te by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So in other words, God wants us to be able to distinguish the things of God and what is truly good, acceptable and perfect in his sight. If God was okay with us being, you know, still sinners, he would have never 
wanted to have a new creation. But no, this new creation in Christ is a person who's unified in body, soul, and spirit. Because just like it says in, uh, I believe it's First Thessalonians, if I'm not mistaken, which I'm going to be turning to in <laughs> at the moment. But in First Thessalonians chapter 5, in verse 22 and 24, this is what Paul says. He says, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. So not only does he want to sanctify our spirit because people fail to realize when you become born again, your soul wasn't made right with God, nor your body. That's why, you know, months after getting saved and when people slowly start to revert back to their old habits, they continue to sin. And basically you just become a sinning Christian. He wants our soul and body to be sanctified and whole, just as our spirit has been made whole, because our spirit can be very much indeed whole. And we have to understand our spirit is going to return back to God if we, you know, if we leave this earth in this body. But we want our soul to also be united with our spirit so that we're not, you know, in hell. And people have to realize your soul is comprised of three things, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your mind is what you think, your thoughts, the things you you allow yourself to believe. This is your belief. And your your will, this is the things that you not just merely do, but your will is the desires you have and your emotions is your feelings. These are the things you feel. And people don't realize how strong the the soul is because we are creative beings. God has given us the ability to create things with our thoughts. And people don't realize that because I, I was studying and listening to some teachings by Dr. Not Dr. Miles Monroe, but um, he was one of them. But I was listening to some teachings by Neville Johnson and how he mentioned this. And he, he was speaking on this and he said, we are creative beings and that um, because we were created in the likeness of God, we have to some point an extent of creativity and whatever we think and feel together that becomes a power so our thoughts and our emotions become a power and we have to be careful because like he says as a man thinks so is he our thoughts are very much indeed powerful and then also in um second corinthians chapter 10 that's why paul also mentioned this about spiritual warfare because he was like in verse uh, three on down to six, he said, for though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Strongholds are things that come in the mind. And then he says, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when you are when your obedience is complete so we have to take our thoughts captive if they don't align with the knowledge of God and this is why we have to get the truth for ourselves because if we don't know the truth how can we be set free 
from these things that aren't true? How can we be set free from these misconceptions of the enemy? So that's why, like Paul also said in Second not Second Corinthians, in Colossians, he said, beware lest anyone cheat you. It says it right here in Second uh, Corinthians chapter 8. He said, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human traditions and according to elemental, um, elemental spirits of the world. In other words, demonic influence. Any thought that we have is, pro is processed from the spiritual realm because we can't create thought ourselves. Our thoughts in are influenced by another personality, the spiritual realm of things. Our thoughts are influenced either by the spirit of God or by demonic entities. With every thought, there's a personality behind it, and we have to discern whether or not the personality behind it is of God or if it's of the, the, of the enemy. And then he says right here, he says, according to the human traditions and according to the elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ. So he said, be careful that you're not taken captive and believing any other thing besides what Christ gives you, because Christ is the truth. He is the word. He is the way. He is the light. And just like Jesus said, he said, make sure the light that is in you is not darkness, but make sure that this light that is in you is the light of God. So that's why we have to be careful. We have to be careful of the things that we allow ourselves to believe. If this Whatever thoughts or any conceptions that we get in our minds, if it doesn't align with the will and the nature and the truth of God, is not worth believing. And we have to reject that immediately. We have to say no to it, cast it down, and reject it. And just like he also says here in verse 9 in Colossians chapter 2, he said, For in him, in Christ, dwells the whole fullness of the deity. Um, of God, the Godhead bodily. And he says, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. And it's like we have to truly get a knowing for ourselves. And we have to stop allowing the enemy to convince us otherwise. Because like it says here in the beginning of um, Colossians chapter 1, it says um, in verse 13, it says he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, the kingdom of light, in whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sin. And it says he, Christ, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on the earth, visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him all things hold together. And then he says, and he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. And that in everything he might be, that he might be preeminent for in him, all the fullness of God was well pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you who were once alienated in the hostility of your mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death 
in order to present you holy and blameless and above and above uh, reproach before him, if indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. So Paul was saying right there that it's only in Christ that we can be presented holy and blameless, that we can be made to be right. And he said, you have to continue in this faith. You have to continue with a stable mind and steadfastness. We can't shift back and forth constantly because like he said, a double-minded man is unstable in all his way. And it starts with our thinking. In order to live a life that is blameless before God and over, in order to become truly overcomers in Christ, we have to change our thinking. We have to be renewed in our way of thinking. And that starts with us being accountable for the things that we allow ourselves to believe, for the things that we allow ourselves to do, and for ourselves, you know, the the things that we allow ourselves to basically submit to. So as believers, we have to stop making excuses to why we can't live out for God, live out our lives for God, because it's not hard unless we make it hard. It's only hard because we are literally wrestling against our own thinking and we're wrestling against demonic spirits that are trying to entice us to be sensual, earthly, and demonic. But then God wants us to have purity in our thinking, to have kindness, to have mercy, to have love, all these different things that he is comprised of. He wants us to have these things. And we can't have that if we're always constantly going against the nature of God. We have to reject anything in us that is trying to, you know, encourage us to go against the nature and will of God. It says here in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, he said, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above and not things that are on the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Sexual immorality, impurity, passions, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these the wrath of God is coming. And he said, in these you two once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with, with its practices and have put on a new self, on the new self. He said, which is being renewed and knowledge after the image of our creator. He said here, there is no Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian or scabian, slave, free, but all is in Christ, all in all. He said, put on then God as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if um, one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive, and above all these things, put on love, 
He said, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. You hear that? Love bonds everything together in, in perfect harmony. Love is what's going to bind your mind, your body, and spirit. To, well, your soul, body, and spirit together. And then he says, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanks with thankfulness or thanksgiving in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him. So he says it right there, literally. The only way that we can be holy, the only way that we can truly be in of the new creation is living as a new creation. And Christ is the firstborn of new creation. So therefore, he said, those who are in Christ Jesus, they are a new creation. And that new creation is one who is unified in body, soul, and spirit. We have to be unified in all these things. We can't just be perfect in our spirit, and yet our body and our soul is still in a carnal perspective. It's still carnal. Let's not continue to be an enemy of God in our thinking and in, you know, in our living but let's be united with him in all that we do. Let's get our mind in order. Like he says, be transformed in your thinking. Be transformed, be changed. Like it also says, um, I believe it's in Ephesians. I'm going to go to it. But... In Ephesians, where it talks about walking in love, in chapter 5, he says, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for And it said that Christ gave himself up a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And what he means by that is, it wasn't a stench to God, like he had nothing in his being that was defiled because we you know what's funny our physical senses have a spiritual tie to it like we literally like everything literally about us our senses our body everything it has some type of relation to the spirit because it was all done in the spirit first before the natural when it says he gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to god Remember, he says, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. And then, you know, a sweet smelling aroma. I know it's another scripture that mentions, you know, how we ought to be sweet smelling aromas. We give off, and just like Neville Johnson says, we emanate and give off a light, a color, a smell, a taste, and all these things to God. Because if you remember, Jesus was like, if you need a hot or cold, I'm going to spew you out my mouth. And then he also tells us in another scripture to taste and see that the Lord is good. It's not talking about merely physically tasting, but it's a, a spiritual 
like depth depth behind that. It's like saying, you know, you know how we, and it's not always metaphorically either. Sometimes it is within a natural reasoning, but it's about us being able to reflect God in everything that we do. And that way, when he smells us, he can smell himself (laughs) like he's a sweet smelling, you know, aroma. And we give off a sweet smell. We give off a unique, beautiful color. We give off a a light that God perceives and see that he is in. So that's why we as believers, we need to make it our business to be united to the spirit of God in all that we do. But this is the rectify, set in the record straight. I want to encourage people to continue to read their word, to continue to allow the Holy Spirit to give you revelation. Remember, revelation is truth and insight from God, which he gives us understanding and knowledge of his word. That's what revelation is. It's the truth of God given to us by, from God. It's a divine understanding and divine knowledge. But Continue to pursue righteousness. Continue to pursue God so that you can be transformed in your thinking. Continue to filter out your thinking and your actions according to what his word says. Apply it to you so that you can be transformed into his likeness. That's what he desires of us. He desires for us to be perfect and whole in complete holiness. He said, be holy for I am holy. So let's not just stop with just merely being saved and dying and going to heaven. That's not what it's about. He wants us to impact the earth that we live in, not to escape it. Because he said, the meek shall inherit the earth. Because when all is said and done, when the final judgment comes, those who have been created... I won't say created, but those who have been transformed into the likeness and transfigured into the likeness of who Christ is, these will be the ones to inherit the earth of God. We got to look at the Beatitudes and be exactly what he is. So seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all that you lack, it'll be added unto you. Y'all be blessed. (laughs) 